Hey everybody, welcome to Photography Chat, um, season two, episode 25 with Chris Bartolucci. Uh, we're just gonna get Chris on the line here and then we'll get going with the chat. I know a lot of you were worried about if this happened or not, um, but we just uh, pushed it back a little bit so that it would work with uh, Chris's schedule. So y'all haven't missed out yet. And to those listening on the podcast uh, or YouTube, thanks for uh, tuning in. Um, hope everyone is having a great day. And it looks like we got Chris here, so let's invite. And away we go. Hello. Hi. I like your shirt. Oh, thank you. It's very fitting. <laughs> yeah. I know those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second. My pups are barking over here. No worries. What kind of pups do you got? Uh, I have two Lasso Apso mixes. Okay. So they're they're like they're they we think we're like ninety five percent sure they're mother and daughter. Okay. So it's super cute. <laughs> That's cool. But my husband just left, so that's why they're going crazy. Oh, because they're just like, where's Papa going? Yeah, like, wait, come back. Yeah, doggos get upset about that kind of stuff. I know. They're such sweet little treasures, though. They are. Yeah, how's your day been going? It's pretty good. You can't complain. Nice. Doing some, some uh, photo stuff. But, yeah, other than that, it was pretty good. How about yourself? Speaking of which, the Instant Film Society just joined. What's up? Oh, <laughs> represent. Um, it's an interesting day up here in Canada because it's it's Canada Day. Um, I saw that, yeah. But it's kind of a different kind of feeling for Canada Day this mm. year. Because um, I don't know if you guys have seen in the news there, there's just been a lot of discoveries of uh, mass graves um at um like um residential schools that were on the um the reserves and so um wow. there's been this big kind of um nice sort of like cancel canada day kind of right like, right right just have a day of mourning um yeah at, um so yeah I, I was just down at crab park here in vancouver um watching uh, a bit of a, a demonstration they had a big march in support of indigenous folks um wow. unfortunately don't have an orange anything <laughs> but my friend juliana who goes by uh, foot to face um she's a fantastic artist and she made these uh guillotine shirts oh whoa as a uh, you know kill the rich kind of thing so yeah i figured i don't have orange but you know i'll wear the guillotine so dang yeah. <laughs> So it's, uh, it's been a heavy time out here yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, we're familiar with the heavy times here in the U.S. too, so. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the joy of colonialism, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah. It, I, I think it's been a wake-up call for a lot of people because um, there's been a lot of people like, oh, well, those things closed down like a long time ago. And uh, 
the thing that's kind of crazy is they didn't really close down that long ago. Like the last one was in service up until 1996. Which oh, was wow. When I started high school. Right. Um, and they never really stopped the gentrification and genocide of indigenous people when they closed down the um, residential schools. They just deemed them too expensive to operate. So mm -hmm. they switched to the foster care system instead. So um, they started taking, they, they, they still continue to take kids out of um, their homes and put them into foster care instead. And they still sterilize uh, indigenous and first nations. Jeez. Um, in 2010, or Gee. 2021, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of funny, like when people think about Canada, they think of this like, you know, really sweet, joyful, utopian kind of place where racism and yeah doesn't really exist but it's we like, all you know, we all wanted to move there yeah exactly. <laughs> um it you know honestly experiencing both countries um i prefer the racism that you guys have in the u.s over the racism <laughs> up here in canada because um it's a little more cut and dry and yeah. a lot easier to navigate than mm. the racism up here you know being uh not not white yeah. right <laughs> it's it's been interesting anyways on a tangent there yeah photography <laughs> stuff today yay so i mean for for i, I mean most of the people on here i think are, are big fans and, and know you well but um we may have some people tuning in now or um, on recordings later that uh may not be familiar with you so if you want to just take a, a quick moment to say a little bit about yourself it's so weird being on this side of it. I'm usually the one asking this question. <laughs> um, my name's Chris. Um, I've been a photographer. I graduated photography school in 2004, and we learned on film. That's how, you know, back in the day, that's all there was. Um, so I've been doing it professionally um, since then, basically. Um, I host a podcast, a film photography podcast called Analog Talk with uh, my co-host Timothy Ditzler, t aka Timothy Makeups. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about film photography related stuff, and I'm also uh, one of the co-curators of uh, the Film Sorority, where we highlight um, amazing film photographer who are women, um, and we try to highlight different kinds of people uh, via that Instagram account, and we're having a great time, and the support we're getting, and the response to it has been phenomenal and it's been great. Yeah, that's been fantastic. Like what, what um, you and Danielle and the others have been working on there. Like it's um, definitely something that deserves um, much more attention than it gets. Thank you. Know? you. Yeah, it's been, um, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I say my favorite thing, you know, I curate once a day and it's my favorite time of day to go through and like, look at all this incredible work that, you know, my, my fellow photographers are female photographers are creating and to just be getting the opportunity to share that and, you know, put that out into the world is really an honor and I'm having a great time. Yeah. It's nice um, to see a different perspective instead of the like barrage of photographer photos that uh, seem to get shared a lot out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh so this must be a little different for you then 
being on this this side of uh, yes yes i'm usually asking the one asking the question so i'll do my best i hope i do an okay job as a as a guest here that's fine i mean if it's more comfortable for you you could do we could do some <laughs> switch yeah, yeah we, we can you can have some questions i have questions um the format of, of the chat is pretty lackadaisical at best um i just like to have an organic conversation and, great uh, i rarely have an i've never had an agenda at all like i have no idea what i'm doing with this <laughs> well it's, it's really wonderful that you're that you're doing these i love hopping in whenever i you know if it, it pops up live when I'm, I'm available i hop in to see who you're chatting with and try to say hi so it really is fun and i'm glad you're doing it you should definitely stick with it because it's 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 a nice it's different because it's like in the instagram format which is yeah. like I don't feel like I don't think anybody else is really doing it. And I just like think it's really smart and, and really cool. Um, honestly, it's really lazy. It works. It works. It works great. It, it does create a bunch of extra work on the back end because mm -hmm. um, once I post it on Instagram and it goes on the live, then I have to use some like third party Internet tool oh, sure. to pull the video down. And then I upload that to YouTube and then I use another thing to rip an MP3 of the audio from the YouTube oh, wow. post on the podcast stuff. Um, but yeah, initially it's very easy because all I have to do is go click live. And right. Like, oh, hi. We're, we're live on the <laughs> It's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun though. Like um, I, I can't believe that um, it's been almost a year of, wow. of it. Uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary in in August. Um, Congrats! That's amazing. Yeah, which will be fun because um, I'm going to have um, a sort of like one-year anniversary show with Jason Moore, um, who's the guy that kicked off the very first episode with me. So amazing. We're gonna sort of commemorate the the one year there. Hey, Stephanie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been fun. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy them. Um, yeah. People seem to like them and people keep wanting to um, talk to me for a while. So um, I, I just keep doing them. <laughs> so it's been Great. Fun. Yeah. So since you've been doing photography for so long, what has been your favorite part of it and what kind of keeps you going with it? Because I think one, one thing a lot of people um, that do it for money tend to get this sort of burnout feeling at some point where they don't really enjoy it anymore. To be yeah. I talked, I've talked about this a little bit before for me, it's like, it's, it's like getting like paid to do it is really, um, it's like a validation for me. So anytime I get a, you know, a paying gig, I'm like, all right, I'm a photographer, even though I don't like, or I'm a professional photographer. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know, getting paid for it makes somebody a photographer. I think, you know, um, if you take pictures, you're a photographer and whatever the medium is, you know, that's what it is. But to, to have somebody like trust you with whatever job it is, whether it's a wedding, whether I'm on set, whether it's headshots, whether it's, you know, whatever, a band, whatever it is. Um, if somebody says, I want to hire you. It just, it just, for me, it's like, that's the most exciting part. So I don't, I mean, I, I would say if, if I did ever get burnt out, I would say probably shooting weddings. I got a little burnt out, but 
now I'm so far away from that that I'm like, man, I miss shooting weddings, you know? So it's like the grass is always greener, but um, I, I, I feel excited when, when I, you know, d doing it for work, it excites me. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're the first person that uh, has, has had that, um, that feeling that they've shared with me about it where they, they haven't gotten burnt out with it. Yeah, I mean, it also depends on the, the gig. You know, I will say, like, you know, doing senior portraits or, or something you hate to do. Like, if you can avoid doing stuff you, you just know you're not going to have a good time doing, that will, you know, that's going to lead to burnout when you're like, oh, okay. I, like, if you don't like whatever specific aspect of photography you're doing and getting paid for, it's time to pivot, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think I pivoted when I moved to LA. I, you know, I shoot weddings here and there, uh, mostly second shooting, and it's few and far far between now. But I do enjoy it because it's just so few and far between, you know. Yeah. But if I was doing them at, like three a weekend or two a week, you know, like four times a month or whatever, these people, you know, people do weddings like they have no lives. It's it's all a balance. I feel like. I mean, that's that's everything though. Balance is true. Uh... <laughs> It's super important and it's something that um, I think a lot of us struggle with. Um, yeah, Stephanie says you have to go after the shoots you want to do so you enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Completely. So do you find you separate sort of like work shooting from like creative stuff or is it all just sort of like one thing for you? Um, you, know, you know, the on-set photography, um, I just recently did a shoot where um, I was, I was photographing, I don't know if you, you probably, you know, Jake, do you know the insurance company State Farms? Yeah. You guys, so Jake, the new Jake from State Farm, um, I was hired to, it was, they were doing, they were shooting like a bunch of like content for his Instagram basically. And they had two days of video and they, they, they've set aside one entire day for stills. So I was on set and we did like, a million different breakdowns of this this actor who was wonderful. I mean, we got him like cooking on the grill. We got him drinking coffee, making making food in the kitchen. We got like all, all it, I was on set for 12 hours doing all these different breakdowns. And it was just like the most fun I had had in forever because I was I was the photographer on set. You know what I mean? And the crew was amazing. And it was just like I walked away from that shoot shoot feeling really good and really like okay this is what i'm meant to do you know nice yeah that that'd be interesting to work on like such a big kind of production like that yeah it was nerve-wracking I, I will tell you i like i you know i showed up and i second guessed all of my gear i was like i don't know if i have enough lighting but it all worked out um and it was great but you know it is it is for sure nerve-wracking but when you know you nailed it there's nothing like it you know yeah, exactly. And now you know that you could do that again. Exactly. Exactly. And the best part is, like, everyone assumed that you probably could do it anyway, so. Right. <laughs> Nobody knew I was freaking out <laughs> when I first got there at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's awesome. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing um, sort of, like, stills and, and set work kind of stuff? Um, when I came out to L.A., that's kind of when I made the switch. I came out to L.A. with with the intent of doing that. But I also thought I was going to continue shooting weddings. 
And then I got um, a friend of mine who kind of moved out to LA at the same time. I was like, hey, I just got this job on this 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 um, film set. Do you want to see if you know if they need a photographer? Um, and I was like, yeah. Um, and that kind of like snowballed once you meet people and network and you kind of go from there. Uh, things have slowed down uh, in that that area. Obviously, COVID and things like that have yeah. you know. Um, but things are picking back up, so hopefully, I'll be on more sets soon. Yeah, I mean, like in British Columbia here, as of today, our government has decided there's no longer, our, our provincial government has decided there's no longer a, an emergency, like state of emergency health-wise. So um, they've lifted the mask mandate. Yeah. Um, all of the things, which, um, yay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay. You'll be okay. It's it's weird. I'm not I'm not ready yet. Yeah. You know. I it's... did get my second dose this week though and it's it's been kind of kicking kicking my butt. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself to what do they say two weeks and you'll have the all the antibodies so you'll be good. Yeah, and like I feel extra great about it because like um I already felt like a guinea pig with my first dose. I got like the AstraZeneca and it's just like mm. I know all of the rational reasons that this is okay, but I also know that, you know, when companies rush things, it's yeah. never yeah. really ideal. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, just have to believe in the science, I guess. Exactly. And yeah. then when I was getting my second shot, they, they're they no longer doing AstraZeneca in Canada anymore. So, oh, wow. Um, my second shot was Pfizer. So I was like, oh, cool. We're, we're going to... Mixed. Oh, mix them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I was just like, neat. I really feel like a guinea pig now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the sad thing is, it hasn't made my 5G reception on my phone any better. You know, mine either. What a bummer. I haven't gotten a direct deposit from Bill Gates yet. So, um... There's still time. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. You never know. Some Someone says here that they got the Johnson & Johnson... Um, they don't even do that in Canada. Like we had a shipment of it in and it was tainted and they were just like, fuck Johnson. Nah. And, yeah. Like, My brother got the Johnson and Johnson. Oh damn. Yeah. And he was, it was actually kind of perfect cause he was able to come out for my wedding. Oh, if nice. he had to, if he had to get a second dose of something, he would have had to stay back. So it worked out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping the border opens up in the next couple of weeks, like they're teasing that it may, um, cause there's a bunch of stuff down in the States that I'd like to head down for. I've yeah. Been... You got to come back to California. Eventually. So California is on the target, but the first place I'll be heading to is Texas. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I got to see the instant film uh, guys. You know, you got to say what's up. Exactly. And <laughs> And also, like, Jason is doing uh, an exhibition for his Galveston book. Oh, yeah. At the end of August, which yeah. would be really cool. Like, his, his Oklahoma uh, exhibition was really, really freaking cool. And oh, fun. my God. He's incredible. Yeah, he's great. And just, like, such a nice dude. Yeah. Um, so it'd be cool to uh, check that out. And then since it's so close to Policon, um, I'm thinking of just staying yeah they're already they're already saying policon 2021 <laughs> yeah. so if um i, I know it's happening because texas um mm -hmm. 
Danielle says, "You Texas." <laughs> I actually really love Texas. Like Denton is um, Denton's a place that I, I've seriously considered moving to. It, mm. uh, it was an easy easy thing to do, but you know, it's I'm far a, from where you are. It is far, and it's difficult for me to get a visa because I'm an uneducated schlub. Mm. So, um, if I had a degree of some sort, it'd be yeah. But um, you know, it's this is the only time I regret not getting a post secondary education. Jeez. Yeah, but LA is on the list. Yeah. So many people that I would love to catch up with there. It'd be great to see you guys. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, um, why am I forgetting names? Oh shit. Um, Jet Setter Jessica. Mm -hmm. cool Jessica. Um, and uh, you know, catch up with Andre. And yeah, we got we have a whole LA crew. We were we were just shooting over the weekend. And every time we get together, it's like, I, probably because COVID, like more people are coming out now. And it's just, it just, I mean, it's the best to go to like a camera hangout, no matter where it is. But like, it's, it's just a, you know, it's just a bunch of nerds who are like, let me see your camera. Okay, can I take your photo? Like, it's just... Well, the camera hangouts are the best. Like that's, yeah. that's I met you and Timothy for the first exactly. time. Was, yeah. Uh, the film Padilla in Man. 2019, which, um, you know, it's, crazy to think that was like three three years ago now Almost. yeah wow yeah well, it doesn't feel like that no not at all yeah we were robbed of a year we were i know i keep saying if they ever do it they're gonna have to make it like two weekends <laughs> yeah i i hope they do it again me too i, um, I, I when i had phil on a couple months ago mm -hmm. I bugged him about it and was like well would you guys do a virtual one and he was just like nah like they only yeah. want one person right which makes sense like yeah um Policon did a virtual event last year um which was interesting like it, it was kind of cool to like do the virtual thing mm -hmm. um, because it opened it up to people that have heard of it but have never been able to travel because they're yeah. like out of the U.S. and stuff Right. Um, so that was kind of like a fascinating thing to see, like all those people from other countries that were like, "This is the best." And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all of us, like OGs, were like, "This sucks." Yeah, yeah. Like I want to be in person. This is lame. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hang out and talk nerdy about Polaroids and eat Tex-Mex. Mm, the dream. <laughs> exactly. Um. So you guys are still pretty active with setting up events down in, in LA then or? Yeah, it kind of, uh, it, they kind of happen sporadically anytime. Uh, do you know Han? She's up in San Francisco. Anytime she's in LA, she, she, at least she put together this last hangout. Um, but they kind of pop up sporadically and, but yeah, we've kind of, I would say probably, probably like once or twice a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar, like, I, I, I think I follow Han, and I've seen the photos that JP has taken. Yes. Um, but I, I don't think I've actually met them. She's a, she was, she'd be a great guest for this show. She's, she's, a, she's amazing. Halation Station asks, do they have one of the 20 by 24 Polar cameras at Policon? So, <clears throat> they kind of do, Jason left behind his 20 by 24 at Armand's store when he moved back to LA and I think Steve Reeves and a couple of other dudes um, are trying to repair it. 
well get it up and running again um but i think the problem is finding like pods and stuff for it yeah you know um it's one thing to have the camera but it's like another i know have the film and stuff for it um but i did get a picture at policon 2019 um <clears throat> where i had my four by five camera next to the 20 by 24. oh geez it looks so tiny that's crazy <laughs> yeah it's i mean you you, you got to go to policon to see the camera exchange because like right. one of the coolest places I've, I've seen anywhere like armand has done a really great job curating um his store and it's such a funky space and uh, it really adds to the, the sort of like you know vibe of uh policon and the rubber gloves um rehearsal space where they do a lot of the events is also mm -hmm. really cool. and norman roscoe where they used to do a lot of the policon stuff until it started getting bigger has like one of the best places to shoot ever oh cool i don't know if you've seen those uh photos of the sort of like janky brick wall that has like all the different textures behind it that a few people from from Denton and stuff have posted probably have yeah I probably have yeah that's all done at Norman Roscoe at the upstairs they just mm. have like really cool space to shoot at so just um yeah there, there's a lot of like really cool um stuff that's worth checking out in Denton yeah yeah in, in they some, usually love that upstairs window sorry yeah they, uh, they they do they know when it's going to be? Is it going to be September? It's always the last weekend of September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It coincides with the uh, the Texas State Fair. We yeah. have to like see if we can pencil it in this year. You're not allowed not to bring that... guns in the State Fair, though. Not allowed to bring what? You're not allowed to bring guns in the State Fair, though. Okay. Duly noted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if you have your concealed carry. Yeah. going to apply in there. I'll make sure. It was like a weird thing for me. The first time I went there, I was like, what do you mean guns in the fair? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in Texas. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's September 24th to 26th. Nice. Okay. I'm going to make a mental note right now. Yeah, Stephanie, you should go. Everyone. Yeah. I, finger guns, I think, are allowed, JP. I think you can get <laughs> away with finger guns unless you get too spicy with them. <laughs> <laughs> So have yeah. you had a chance to, like, outside of, like, the film today and stuff, have you had a chance to travel to um, many sort of, like, uh, photography events? or? Uh, I used to go to the Photo Expo in New York every, almost every October because I was only a train ride away when I lived in Connecticut. Um, so I actually, the last time I was there was the one right before COVID. And that's where I met, like, the negative supply guys, Saxon and AJ. Um, and then there was a huge meetup after, I think it was the second night, before, one, of the, one of the nights of, uh, the expo, we, we all like met up at this bar and there was like so many photo people. It was amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard about those events, but I've never had a chance to go to the photo yeah. expo. It's, it's definitely, I've been, the first time I actually ever went was my, when I was in photography school, because photography, I went to, it's it was called the Hallmark Institute of Photography. They were in Massachusetts. They have since unfortunately closed, but that was my first experience in 2003. And they're still, I mean, they've been going before that and they're still going. So it's awesome. Nice. 
Yeah, and you can go to seminars. That they have like some really awesome speakers. I saw uh, Douglas Kirkland speak one year. Oh, cool. And, yeah. So it's a good time. What's been your um, favorite photography-related adventure so far? Hmm. Hmm. Why did you stump me, Merlin? Why did I get stumped? I feel like, um, like, do you mean like, like a travel adventure or do you mean like just in general? Just in general. It could be a travel adventure. It could be, you know, just a, a, a format or camera you played with that mm. just kind of blew your mind. Um, yeah. I, I actually, I'll say, I don't know if this counts, but I'll say starting the podcast was like my biggest like photo adventure. Um, it's something I wanted to do for a long time. And I was like, super, super scared to do it. That and YouTube, YouTube and the podcast I wanted to do for like ever. And then I finally like convinced myself and worked up the courage to just to just do it. You know, so I always tell people all the time when they ask me like, should I, could I, is it too late to start a YouTube channel? I'm like, absolutely not. Because <laughs> it took me way longer than I had wanted to. If I had just started when I first said I was going to start like, if you, you know, I was like so intimidated by YouTube and I just like one day was like, this is, I'm going to make this happen. And now it doesn't scare me anymore. So I always tell people, look, if, if you, if you're scared of it, that you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if so. you're not scared, it's probably not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. That is so true. And I like to like have lived through that is, is like, I'm, I'm telling you that is the absolute truth. You've got a couple of fans here. Halation Station says, love the podcast. And Stephanie says, uh, I really like your YouTube. So Thank you, guys. I appreciate that so much. Especially since you guys know I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so on the podcast, like, what, what, is the, what was the genesis story of, of the, the podcast? Like, you know, how did you pick that up? Yeah, so it was one of those things that I, like I said, I was, like, really, like, I should start. I kind of want to start a uh, uh podcast I don't really know why I didn't really listen to podcasts before I started mine now I'm like I look like true crime like news like I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music now you know but before that I really didn't really even have that much experience listening to podcasts um so I, I I ended up asking another YouTuber who put me in touch with Timothy because he was like if if you know, Timothy reached out to me, he wanted to do sort of the same thing. I would feel bad if we, you know, do you mind if we include him? I didn't have any idea what I was doing. So I was like, sure. Um, long story short, that other person, he couldn't make it work with his schedule. And he sort of had a different vision for the, the show. I think Timothy and I were like, no, we want to talk to photographers. We wanted to be about film photography. So we, our vision kind of lined up more. And Timothy and I have been doing it ever since. And that was, we just had our four year anniversary, like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Or like a week ago. Yeah, it was on June 20th. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. So, yeah, and we've been, we've gotten an opportunity to talk to so many amazing people in, in this community. It's been, it's honestly my, my favorite thing that I, that I've, I think done ever. <laughs> I want to ask you to pick favorites because that, that's a tough one, but um, top five Favorite. Oh, top five. Yeah. <laughs> like you mean top two. Top five favorite people. I, I don't think I have. I can give you, look, I don't want 
I'm not going to do the favorites. So I'll, t- I'll tell you the one, the most surreal one, and you probably already know who it is. Um, but we had Jeff Bridges. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, we had Jeff Bridges. Um, Jeff does, he does these really awesome, um, like, panoramic. He uses a wide lux camera. Yeah. Are you familiar? And he 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 put out a book. And this, I have to give credit to Birgit from Lomography. Because I posted on Twitter or Facebook, and I was like, man, I would love to have Jeff Bridges on Analog Talk to talk to him about his book. And she was like, I know the publisher. Hold on a second. So she connected us. And I didn't think it was going to happen at all. I was like, no way. That's not going to happen. That's crazy. And they reached out, and they were like, are you guys free on, like, Friday? And it was, like, a Tuesday. And we were like, yep, (laughs) we're doing it. And, uh, yeah, he was great. We got about 30 minutes with Jeff Bridges. It's insane. That's amazing. Yeah. Is he just as chill as he seems? Just as chill. Yes. Yes. And so sweet. So sweet. But if you listen to that episode, I I haven't listened to it. I don't think I I don't think I even listened to it once because I know how nervous I was. So I get like secondhand embarrassment for myself, you know? <laughs> like I was I just like we did it. And we put it out and I hope everybody enjoys it, but I'm like I can't listen to it cuz I know how nervous I was, but he was wonderful. I, I have trouble listening to myself also. Um, so it's like when I have to do the posting and stuff and I hear like snippets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Um, and also like when I've been interviewed for other things, um, I don't really like listening to them. Yeah, it's, you have to get used to the sound of your own voice for sure. I hate the sound of my voice. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's odd because like I have to do public speaking for work. So it's just oh. always like, talking so i've gotten accustomed to it i just still don't like it though that's fine if you don't have to like listen back to it you know yeah the times when i do have to listen back to it i'm just like that's what i sound like yeah yeah it's crazy (laughs) yeah it's definitely weird wow that would have been like so wild to uh to chat it out with jeff bridges yeah yeah and i I was i was kind of hoping like when it happened I was like, maybe Timothy can, like, come to L.A. and we can, like, do it in person. Um, but we did not do, we did not Zoom like normal. But That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's how I did. Oh, what's up, Pete? Thanks. Hi, Danielle. Hey, girl. <laughs> um, I did. I figured out how to, like, get Zoom to broadcast on Instagram. Mm. all kludgy because i had to like stream it through my computer and do all this like weird shit mm-hmm. um, but it's it kind of sucked because like i the first episode of this season i did with jason and we did it over zoom because he was taking an instagram break mm-hmm. um, so he couldn't do it over instagram and the thing that was like a bummer though was um there's no it's like a three hour time limit if you're using instagram on a device oh interesting i didn't know that but it used to be a one hour time limit so like all my episodes from last year are only yeah. long, and then like at the tail end the last few all of a sudden they all of them go over an hour now because everyone mm-hmm. gets chatty um but the streaming thing that i found on the computer to do zoom on the grams um it cut out at an hour and i didn't know it was going to do that oh and- no it it cut out at like a shitty but good spot with Jason because like he had just finished this really interesting story and was like taking a pause to collect his thoughts mm-hmm. and the stream stopped 
and he had like so much more to talk about and like we ended up talking for like another like 45 minutes after the stream ended um but i was just like fuck this would yeah yeah bummer um yeah that's the only time i've been frustrated with this like with Mm -hmm. this platform um but i don't think that is a limitation now but i also haven't had to do a zoom with uh with anyone else so did you do it did you like put it you zoomed and then put it on instagram well i wanted to stream live so oh okay on my computer with zoom and then there's this thing called stream on where you could Mm -hmm. like stream it onto instagram through obs oh okay so it was just like it was all kludgy and Mm -hmm. um my macbook was like a huge piece of shit and it could (laughs) keep up with with everything you're like sweating like oh god yeah (laughs) please work please don't fail on me well then i was just like is he gonna show up i hope he's gonna show up because he he kind of confirmed but i'm not sure so it was nerve-wracking i yeah uh, which is like I guess the one downfall of doing this live, because if someone no shows, then you just yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do. I mean, the the beauty of a podcast is that can be like, wait, go back, Tim, go back, let's go back. I start over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't edit them, so yeah, you know, it it just goes out there and it's on the internet forever. Pure, you know, that's how it is. Well, and I mean it kind of goes with like the ethos of how I like to shoot with it's why I like instant photography so much. It's like, it, it's, that's it's true. You can get, mm-hmm. you, know, you take that one frame and, um, that that's it. Um, unless you're shooting at P 100 and then you can bleach the negative, but right, know, right, right, right. Or type 55, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, Oh, I appreciate it. Rosie said, or Stephanie says that she'll always be a last minute guest. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I'm glad that she's feeling better. She just had a, uh, she went through appendicitis. and. and oh. Yeah, that's not very, very joyful. No, sorry you had to go through that. Sounds painful. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, and photography <laughs> says I still have yet to bleach the negative. I, I do too. I have stacks of negatives that I've saved with the thought that one day I'll get around to bleaching mm-hmm. them, and I haven't yet. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever experimented with that? I, I haven't. The most I've done with like experimenting with Polaroid is I've done a Polaroid lifts. But that's about it. <laughs> I haven't done a Polaroid lift yet because I, I can't destroy a photo. <laughs> that's okay. So the trick is you take you if you, with the intention of like, I'm going to do a lift, you, you I usually take a second one for myself to keep because okay. then if like, I mess this up, then I just have the pull right now. I'll leave it, you know. I was thinking of using an instant lab to make copies. There you go. Even even better. So you can do it as many times as you need to. Yeah, exactly. I, I was like, this might be a way where I won't feel so bad about that. Yeah, that's actually a great use of the Polaroid lab. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. used it in forever. Yeah, Wutaru says, still want to try and soup a Polaroid. I don't know how you would soup a Polaroid. Yeah, what's that? Well, so it's like the film soup thing where people... Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know how you do that with a how, Polaroid. Though. Yeah, how would you do that with a Polaroid? Just like... <laughs> yeah. Dunk it. <laughs> you, you might have to, like, take them out and soak them mm. in the dark. And then put them back into the film pack. Or if you're shooting iType, you could just 
dunk the whole um, cartridge in the soup in hope that, well, the chemicals would probably get ruined though because yeah. it's just paper on. on yeah, the I've never I've never heard of souping a Polaroid before. It sounds like a, a waste of. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too exp it's too expensive to do that too. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. That's why I haven't done an emulsion lift yet. I just, um, I just can't bring myself to. See, the emulsion lift is fun though because then it's like it's 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 now it's a separate piece of art, you know. That's fair. So you can like put that in a frame and hang it up, and then it's like it like makes it its own thing, you know. All right, I think you've convinced me to try. It. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> I the first time I did it was in photo school, and it was it must have been. It wasn't a regular Polaroid. I don't remember what film it was, but that was the first time I've ever done it. And I hadn't really done it since until I did it like two years ago now, probably like, oh. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a little, it's a little painstaking too, because you gotta, you have to be patient. So if you're not a patient person, you gotta like really like, cause you have to, you know, peel it very slowly and make sure it's like the water's Right, and if you rush, it'll rip, and then you'll be even more upset. <laughs> I'm I'm terrible with patience. I'm not. I'm not yeah, I thought I thought I had a lot of patience, but I was like, I'm gonna just rip it. I don't care. <laughs> so, what's been your favorite or go-to instant camera? Uh, I would say my my sonar, my uh. I just reskinned this guy, my S670. Okay. I reskinned it, so she has all new leather on there. That's a beauty. Um, yeah, so she's got a new life uh, now. So I've got a. This is probably my favorite Polaroid. Although I did just get a Polaroid Go. Have you played around with the Polaroid Go yet? I want to get one. I it's so fun. It's super cute. It's like totally. I don't want to say takes the place of Instax, but if you're like more of a Polaroid person because of like the color and all that, it really is like, it makes a Polaroid like more of a party camera. So you can take it like, you know, out with friends and get those like little, little snap, little, little memories, you know? Yeah. What's I, so I shoot a lot of Instax squares, like giveaway. Yeah. For yeah. Because um, it's cheaper. So maybe yeah I'll, yeah yeah maybe I'll try the if I end up staying in Texas till Policon maybe I'll uh, order it while I'm down there, get that free shipping that we don't get when we order. There you go, yeah. Because it, it's definitely definitely a fun camera. It stings so much buying stuff from the U.S. up here because oh, I like I you know, believe it. When I bought Jason's Galveston book, the shipping was just as much as the book was. Oh, oh, <laughs> oof. You gotta really want something to pay the price of the item as much as the shipping. It's just the joy of living in Canada. Mm. You know, shipping's expensive. We have lots of racism. It's great. <laughs> no good. No good. <laughs> do, do you have any uh, like uh, photo projects or anything you've been working on or like um, planning? I would say my my like continuous photo project is is the podcast and the YouTube, like that's kind of always what, what I'm actively working on. Um, but I do need a good like photo project, you know, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I've been in, 
I've talked about like being in a rut on uh, for a while. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, nothing, nothing as of right now, as far as photo photography goes, but I'm like dying for a project. I'm dying for like, whether it's a zine or I don't know, something, something where I can just shoot, like have a reason, you know, or a purpose to, to go like make photographs. What about maybe digging through your back catalog and like coming up with a zine idea from some of that? Yeah. Or just feeling kind of stale with all of that? I, I, yeah, I think I'm feeling kind of stale. You know, it's always like, I, feel, I don't know if you can relate or anybody watching can relate like as a photographer, like looking at your work. Sometimes you just like hate it all, you know? And yeah. so other times you're like, I know, I'm pretty good. <laughs> And who knows what day that's going to be when you wake up in the morning, if you're going to be like, I, I, I'm into this or like, I, I want to start completely over, you know? I've definitely had moments where I wanted to like light everything on fire. Yes. Like, I like I've done to this moment is hot garbage. Yes. <laughs> like I want to like completely redo my website, archive my entire Instagram, like figure out whatever my style is and just do that for the rest of my life. Um, I tried yeah. archiving my Instagram once and I gave up because there's just too many photos on yeah, it. Yeah, there's way too many. Matt Day did it. He had a lot. He had like in the thousands or two thousands. He, we were tweeting back and forth because he was like, I think I found an app that'll do it. And then I was like, okay, report back. And he was like, nah, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm he at, went through and like did every single one. Uh, I can, I'm, I'm at 6,300 posts right now. How many? 6,300. Oh, yeah. I think I'm at like 3,000 or well, maybe not. I don't want to say the completely wrong number, but it's a lot. And that would just take you forever. I, I tried once and I was yeah. just, no. And, and I think, doesn't Instagram like, you know, how they put stop you from like, hey, you've you've done this too many times, like you got to stop or whatever. Yeah, if you yeah. try to do too many actions, it thinks you're a bot and then it gets yeah. all happy with it. And uh Last year, while I was writing a blog post about my relationship with Instagram and how odd it's been, because like I've been using it basically since it launched, and I was at like five thousand some posts then, and I wanted to see how long it would take to scroll all the uh -huh. way, down. and it was like four and a half minutes of like constant scrolling. To yeah, my and phone. what's crazy, I think my first Instagram post must have been like twenty twelve, but like just the just like you know, going back and now it's like sort of a portfolio for, yeah. for most of us. But before that it was like selfies and like, exactly. like <laughs> I was out with people hanging out. Like, so you're like going back in your life. Like you're like, wow, time machine. Yeah. It's almost like an archeological dig in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you scroll back, you'll see like, here's the food that I ate. Check. Yeah. Out. And you're like, where was I? I don't even remember what, what day this was. Like, what, who is this person? You know, like. <laughs> yeah. It's like photos of my dogs and my ex-wife. If you go mm, yeah. far enough back. Um, in like in the last four years, it's kind of turned into like a portfolio thing. And I think that's kind of why I want to archive every, I wish that you can just be like archive all, you know, because those that first stuff was like especially the beginning of instagram it was like you you could only i remember when you could only take a photo yeah. with it and use the filters there was no like importing of your own you know what was your favorite filter back then oh i think oh i would ha if i saw them the names there's one that was like 
pro something, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? That was like, that was a good filter. I, I used Nashville and Moonraker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the old school. That's funny. They're still there. Those filters are still there, but just. I, I haven't used them in a bit because it's like, it, it's been interesting, like, especially since starting the chat. I've kind of realized my my Instagram isn't really my own anymore. Mm. Um, it's like I don't post like personal stuff on there, like photos True. and stuff, because it just it messes up the it messes right. up. Right. <laughs> <So>. Yep. <laughs> so I know, now, now if I want to post a picture of like my husband and I, I'm like, well, I have to take it on film, so I have to get it developed, and then I gotta. <laughs> well, so I will. I do sneak digital stuff on my thing. Like I'm not, I'm not a film snob where it's just mm. like, oh, you can't use digital. Like you know, that's right, only right, right. use that kind of stuff. Um, but it has to like fit in with all of the stuff. Right. So I have to, like start a private Instagram for like you know my candid shits. And... Yeah, I had a second Instagram for a while, but then it became too much. Like I'm just post. If I'm just gonna post my work, I'm just gonna do it one place. Yeah. Because people would like tag the wrong account and that bugged me for some reason. Like, no, you you tagged my personal account or like you know you tagged my professional account like I was like forget it, forget it. <laughs> it's also kind of weird too like cuz I set my private one or my my personal one is private and I get the randomest people trying to follow it. Mm. Where I'm like I don't even know this person. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you trying to follow me right now. Weird. Um, but yeah, Instagram has been an interesting, interesting experience. Have you, have you been on photo Twitter at all? Um, so I do check it out from time to time. So like, I have a weird relationship with Twitter cause like, I kind of hate it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll pop on and off of it from time to time. And, um, honestly, I think I spend more time on TikTok than I do Twitter. Oh, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dangerous place. <laughs> it is. Luckily, I I am satisfied enough with people reposting, like posting the good TikToks to Instagram. So then I'm like, I feel like good. I don't need to like go go search for the good content. Those people are sharing the good content already. So I haven't had to really search because like my For You page has been pretty solid. But for some reason, I think TikTok uh, believes I'm a lesbian. And <laughs> so most of my stuff is like, lesbian TikTok or cats that's some good content yeah it's great yeah <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not upset about it yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely better than like you know bro TikTok or like yeah, yeah. terrible things are out there mm -hmm. uh, so I have not disliked it so far but Twitter has been like an interesting one because I've tried to like get into Twitter and um you know I've followed some photographer people on there but like Twitter's also kind of weird because most of the people I follow on there and most of the followers I have are from like my tech job world. Mm. So I think that's also why I don't like. Yeah, I think you, the trick is to follow more like photo people. Yeah. And then it will kind of like build up on itself, you know, to where you'll see more of that content. But it's just another thing to feed. It is 100%. 100%. <laughs> It's Instagram is already enough of the uh, yeah. feed me see more. <laughs> it's true. That's why I've steered away from TikTok. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. 
I, it's a tough one. So I like it. And I was like a TikTok lurker for a bit. And then one of my compatriots up here in Canada was like, you can't be a creeper, bro. You got to post. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I actually, so I shouldn't say I, I, I actually have an account and have two videos on there, but that's, that's like the most I've done. I'm not, you know, I haven't, I'm not on there like Twitter and Instagram every day. Yeah, I'm not know? on there like either. Um, like I have a hard enough time trying to keep up with like reels and shit on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you have to do all the different things now. Right. Algorithm likes you and. Right, right, right. Yeah. Damn algorithm. Yeah, like that's that's the only thing I wish that they could revert. I know they can't because it would require them like recoding the whole thing. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I missed the proper timeline. Right. I feel like that was so long ago though that we had the proper t- timeline. Yeah, it was like five six years ago. Yeah, but I will. I was say I was I was scrolling yesterday. Yeah, and they showed me like the same person's last three posts and the last three posts of them, they were like spread out. They were like over the course of like two or three days. I'm like, why am I just seeing his, his, his feed basically? Like, why am I not seeing other stuff? This is insane. That is weird. Yeah. Summer J 42 asks, uh, what's y'all's take on Flickr? Oh, Flickr. I miss Flickr. I miss Flickr so much. I I think I have a Flickr that's out there, and there's some really terrible photos that I thought were great that are probably still percolating around on, on the interwebs. I didn't hate but, Flickr. Flickr was, like, the first photo community ever I ever was, like, a part of outside of, like, school. That was, like, the first internet photo community I was, like, a part of. So, I think the first one for me was DeviantArt. Oh, DeviantArt, yes! Oh yeah. my god, throwback! That's a real, because that, that was like before Flickr, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. DeviantArt, I still, I still have my DeviantArt account up, and I have not archived anything on there, so. I don't even want to look at mine. <laughs> it's all the cringe. It's, it's all, it's probably like, <laughs> oh, such bad stuff i was such an emo fuck back there. <laughs> yeah like sad boy emo poetry and like wasn't that like 2004 2005 yeah 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 it's yeah, uh, bad photography was up there it's terrible um if you want to have a laugh about it i think it's infineon with a zero or no i can't remember yeah infineon and deviantart whatever Oh, someone. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just. I haven't even thought about DeviantArt in forever. That's so funny. Yeah, it's. I think that one predates them all, really, for, from a community perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a cool community too, so I'm I'm glad that it's still around. <laughs> it's like still thriving for some people. I didn't even know that. I thought it was gone. No, it's it's still doing well. Like. Wow. It's actually pretty cool. They haven't really changed it too much. There's just more subscription stuff in it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but someone did ask earlier, what is your YouTube channel? Oh, my YouTube is Chris B Photo. Pretty, pretty, pretty easy. What's been your favorite video you've done on your YouTube channel so far? Um, I've done. 
I just did a like a like a first impressions kind of review of Intrepid's Enlarger, like portable Enlarger, and okay. I had a friend, my friend Alan, helped me shoot it, and that was like, you know, it's it's you know, I I really commend all these people who like do YouTube for a living because it's a production. It took us, we it was a two day shoot, and it's like a two minute video of that, you know. Um, but I think that's the one I'm like recently most proud of but i also i i did a tour of the darkroom lab it was really fun phil phil gave me a tour of the darkroom and then he was nice enough to sit and chat with me afterward that was really cool anything that 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 you know like that was like a planned video you know versus me being like oh i'll talk about this camera today or whatever you know phil's such a rad dude he's the best i enjoy talking with him yeah, we gotta have him on. We we've talked. Me and Timothy talk about all the time about having him on Analog Talk, and we just gotta, we just gotta get him, get him to do it. Yeah, he loves that stuff too. Like he was, he was great on the episode mm-hmm. that I had him on. We had a really, really good tra- uh, chat. And just he like knows so much, and he's like been around it forever. You know, it's like damn. Yeah, exactly. Like it's cool talking to these guys that have been around for for ages in it. Um, I've been trying to convince Michael Bain to do it. Mm. Um, but he's, he's reluctant about it. So why? He just doesn't like doing public speaking. Yeah. I guess it's a little different when it's live. Yeah. I just, uh, he just didn't seem, seem interested in it, Mm. which I'm like, I respect that. Yeah. 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 Well, and he was like, I don't think I'd be very interesting. And I'm like, well, you're absolutely wrong there. Cause like, yeah, hundred percent. You're super interesting. Like the the chat that he did in San Clemente about mm-hmm. experience in the film industry, like that was such a cool yeah. uh, discussion that he had there. Mm-hmm. Like basically being like the last man standing for black and white film photography in North America. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. And he's a really super cool dude. I, uh, yeah. You know, it's, have you guys had Grant on the podcast yet? Grant, um, uh, Grant Britain. we have, yes, He's we so- had him on, I think shortly after the Paidea, cause we like oh. met him in person. So we were like, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's I, another one. Amazing career, you know? Oh, his, his career is mind blowing. And he, I don't really like to throw favorites out there, but he was my favorite person to interview so far yeah um, yeah yeah just because his candor mm-hmm. <laughs> just his, the, the way he he speaks and the experience he's had and he was the very first person that sent me um like a body of work to post along with the and so that's where it's like now when i post things i ask people if they want to like oh share cool them. cool cool yeah because grant was the one that started that he's like do you want some photos to share and i was just like sure i guess and he yeah. said he sent 500 bags of photos. Whoa. <laughs> it was just kind of wild. But he sent a bunch of his fine art stuff, which I'd never seen before. Mm. I'm, I'm familiar with his, like, uh, skate photography, but, like, his fine artwork is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he needs to get that out there more. Seriously. And he's also just a hilarious dude. It's crazy, like, like we've talked to you know people that have been doing it for a long time or whatever but like just being like you know working for like a magazine that was like thriving 
you know, yeah. like what a dream, <laughs> you know. No, just, but he did two of them as well. Yeah, yeah. That he was part of and, you know, kind of at the start of all that stuff, like that would have been a hell of an experience. To, yeah, incredible. To get into, yeah. Can't really do that now. Because <laughs> like... Now now it feels like, I mean, there's like no publications, like they're at least not like they used to be, you know. And um, I don't want to sound terrible, but people don't think they need a photographer. They think they can do it on their phone or whatever. So to like when you were a photographer back in the day, that was like a big deal. Like, yeah. you know, you know what you were doing. People, people like trusted you. Versus like, I can get, I have somebody who can do it. Like, no, like we have to get a professional, you know? Well, my I, I, bought a Canon thing that he spent like five grand on so he could do it. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, exactly. I, I kind of remember being grumpy in the early 2000s when digital cameras started to become really prevalent um, because it was just like, you know, every asshole that could afford to buy an Icon D70 or a Canon yeah. all of a sudden was like, I'm a photographer. And it's like, yeah. no, you just bought a camera. I remember my, one of my photo professors, he was complaining about the, the camera on, a, on flip phones because it was 2003. He was like, <laughs> people think this is photography. And I wish I could go back in time and be like, you have no idea <laughs> what it's going to be in 20 years. <laughs> Do like, the, the the camera on my 12 mm -hmm. pro whatever fucking new iphone it's insane like yeah. um i don't carry my digital with me that much anymore if i go out because right. like my iphone is almost better than my fucking digital yep. is crazy it's kind of wild but the <laughs> it's funny that he was pissed about those old cell phone cameras because like i remember trying to take pictures with my razor back in the day and those mm -hmm. things were so shitty like yeah you know cell phone pictures were not great back in the day no but he like he i think he already like knew he was like this is going to be a problem if people can carry a camera in their pocket you know this is going to change the game that was edwin land's dream though he True. wanted fun to have a camera in their pocket that they could use at any time he just wanted them to buy Polaroid film. Yeah, I was like, I don't think that's what he had in mind. <laughs> I, I mean, I still marvel at the SX-70s, because, like, yeah. nothing else has been made quite like that. Yeah, that's the best party trick a camera has yeah. ever had. Right? He's like, watch this. <laughs> yeah, and people are like, what? He's like, yeah. Yeah. People, yeah, you know, walking around, there's a few cameras that get that kind of reaction. There's like this, and if, if you walk around with like a TLR, yeah. people will like stop you, like, whoa, what is that? You know, it's a camera. <laughs> yeah, the TLR is fun, and then if you bust out a 4x5 somewhere, that's Oh, yeah, people will really blow somebody's mind with that, with large format. Yeah, they're like, that's a camera? It's like, sure is. Yep. Like, I'm going to take one photo. <laughs> It's going to take me, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> set this up. Get ready. It's like, hey, do you want your photo taken? Do you got, like, half an hour? Yeah, Perfect. Like, yeah, hold still. Don't move. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, shit, sorry. I forgot the dark slide. We have to do this all over yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> I actually just got into um, 4x5, um, and I was shooting 4x5 this weekend, and I'm, like, so not used to it. 
like I, I had, you know, we were, had a bunch of friends and I was like, okay, can you just like make sure I'm doing all the steps right? Like, I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> like, meter, got it in focus, open the shutter, got it right, close the shutter, like pull the dark slide. Ugh, this makes me so nervous. Like the camera's going to like fall over or something. It's a lot of extra work. Yeah. Yeah. But it's totally worth it when totally when you make it happen. When you make it happen, it's just like a whole nother level. Yeah, um, I'd mostly been shooting instant film with my 4x5 because I kind of hated developing 4x5 sheets. Mm -hmm. um, but I took advice from uh, Dave Rollins to pick up the bees reel. Oh, yeah. And that changed the 4x5 development game huge because like that thing works like a hot damn. Yeah, I've never, I haven't done, developed my own 4x5. If you get the bees reel, it's pretty easy. Is that, what does that do? Is that, how is that? So it kind of like, it, it's a 3D printed cylinder mm. that fits yeah. inside of a, a Patterson three reel tank. And you kind of taco the, um, That's right. the yeah. into the, um, into the reel. And so they won't fly out anywhere. Cause like I tried using a mod 54, um, a bunch of times and even at gentle rotations, um, the fucking sheets would fly out and they'd stick to the sides and stuff. And oh. I'm just like, fuck this. I'm not going to do four by five. Um, but the, yeah, uh, retro photo York said Benoit. Um, yeah. If, if you like look up Benoit photography or Google bees reel, okay. um, like the best 70 bucks you'll ever spend. Mm -hmm. It's totally worth it. Cause there's no way for the sheet to escape out of the, the thing. And you get to, you can use less chemistry as well too. Like you only need to use like 500 mils of chemistry. Oh, wow. To develop six sheets. Wow. So it's, um, it's pretty dope. It, yeah. That sounds amazing. amazing. Um, some people swear by the century one. I've never played with the century one. Um, but it looks like it probably would be a bit better than the mod 54. Cause it looks like it kind of, hooks into the film a bit better than the mod 54 does mm. um some people swear by the 54 too but like i used it a handful of times and it made me hate doing sheets so yeah you can't you can't hate it that's the that's like the the, the main thing about developing film like i'm kind of I, I recently i've been like i don't think i'm the person who likes developing film and that's okay you know yeah like a lot of people you know find it very like you know, Zen, you can relax and chill, but I just get stressed out. Like I'm going to mess it up. So I'm like stressing too much. I, I stress out about it a lot too. Like it's, um, I, I don't like the dark bag. The dark mm -hmm. bag like gives me a lot of anxiety because like my hands end up being like a different temperature than the rest right. of my body. Right. Right. Giving me like an anxiety attack. Cause it's just Weird. like, <laughs> yes. Why are my Weird. hands? when the rest of my body is okay We're, timothy we we uh we always joke because we do like a develop and hang for our analog talk patreon and we call it the film sweats <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing yeah and i just feel like last time i did it i feel like i was like sweltering like i was because it was one of those hot days and i do it right in our hallway where our, our laundry is 
and like the sun was coming in. My arms were already in the bag. I was like, I'm overheating. This <laughs> grassy me out. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I used to be part of a group in Toronto called Gallery 44. And we had like a production space that you could go work in. And it had this sort of like creepy dark room that you could go into mm -hmm. that was like film loading and film changing. Um, pretty sure that building had ghosts in it. And that Ooh. was like really creepy to be in the production space by yourself at nighttime in the total dark in this no thank you um it was super creepy but it was a lot better than the dark bag <laughs> yeah you know your your hands didn't end up getting to be at a, at a higher temperature and what's crazy is i used to do it like because i learned that's how i learned like i was 16 and i would like anytime i shot film it was black and white and i developed it myself and i I had like a makeshift dark room downstairs in my parents' basement. So I, I, I like would sit in my closet with the door shut and like my back turned so the light wouldn't come in and I would load it up, like not in a dark bag. And I swear I was way faster. Like I've completely lost all of the skill. Um, but yeah, I mean, I used to do it. I used to do it all so much more frequently. Obviously, if you're doing a lot, you're going to be good at it. Um, yeah. But I'm like, man, I used to be so good at this. It sucks. <laughs> JP was laughing about the tickle tent. And uh, Pete says the darkroom he uses is totally haunted. And we've talked about that on Large Format Fridays, which we've fallen behind this month. We're, we're going to have to get back on that. No, thank uh, you. No, I'll thank you. No, no haunted darkrooms, please. Well, so you believe in ghosts then? I mean... If it's, I mean, I don't know. If, if you told me it was haunted, I'd be like, I don't, I'm not going to try and find out. <laughs> well, I mean, now that we know that aliens are completely official because the government has like shared that with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like mind blowing that like that just sort of dropped in the bucket of news and sort of. Nobody like, cared. Uh, yeah, it was like, boop. Yeah, everyone's like, oh. Cool aliens. Yeah, I think we had such a crazy year. We're like, sure, why not? Anyway, yeah. back to <laughs> yeah, but back to Trump being like the <laughs> president of the United States. Um, oh my gosh! So if aliens are real, I wouldn't be surprised about ghosts. Honestly, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely have experienced some weird shit in small towns. Yeah, I, I'm. I believe it. I'm just thinking about like that would be like a really like funny, like ghost story, like a haunted haunted dark room. That's not like, like it needs to be like a scary movie or something. <laughs> mm. There was that one R.L. Stein book, and I think they made like a a TV episode or something out of it, where it's like the haunted Polaroid. That if you like took someone's picture with it, they'd like die. You know what? I will admit to you right now. I have almost the entire collection. Goosebumps books. There's nothing wrong. I <laughs> when I was a kid. I loved that was that was like my jam when I was a kid. So a couple, yeah, a couple years ago, I was like browsing eBay and this woman had like the entire collection for like 200 bucks. I'm like, I'm buying that. <laughs> I need my childhood back. You should have those in your studio displayed prominently. Yeah, they're they're right. They're they're in our um. We have a bookshelf, a built-in bookshelf in our new place, so they have their own spot there. But yeah, maybe I'll, I'll look for that Polaroid one and see if I have that one. That It's such a good book. I, I like that one. 
I just like was like rereading them once I got the collection and it's like so such a good like kids it's like for kids like when you were that age I, I it was so good because every time you like every time a chapter ends like it's like a cliffhanger you're like oh no yeah <laughs> I keep reading you know because you're like I just I need to know more and like you it's know, so good they, they were great and I think on that book um it was a haunted SX-70 Oh my goodness! I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I have that, and I'll send you a message. If I do, that's what I'm gonna read tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I, it's nice to meet another Goosebumps fan. Oh my god! I'm, ask anybody. Like every time people come over, like they'll like if they you know catch a glimpse, they're like, "Will you have the entire collection?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, and JP's right. There there was also another um, horror movie based on polaroids that i think oh interesting was either like a ripoff of the goosebumps book or like close to that sort of same story where it was like a haunted camera that creepy like... creepy yeah I, I, paul is right i think it is on netflix too Ooh. yeah i mean who doesn't like a cheesy horror movie especially when it's film related Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, I'm trying to think of... I can't think of any other, like, film-related movies right now other than Kodachrome. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. Like, that was really... Um, we, were just, we were actually just talking about The Secret Life of Walter Mitty the other day. Ooh, that's a great one, too. That's a, I'm, like, due for a rewatch re of that. Because that just, like, hits you, you know? Damn. Yeah, because he yeah, had spoiler alert the best photo he ever took it was walter mitty yep <laughs> oh shit. one hour photo oh that that, that is, is like, like a for real scary movie though that is that is yeah. a for real for real scary movie and that <laughs> like, that's robin williams at his like best like yeah. you know everyone loves his like comedy and his fun stuff but like he plays a creepy murdery dude really fucking good yeah, he's done it. A, he did it a couple times too. Like any, yeah. anytime he was like, I forget what other movie, but he was like also like that same like weird bad guy. And you're like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> yeah, like it's just um, he's he was just really fucking good. Um, yeah. Damn, Memento was good too with the with the Polaroids. I yeah. had never. That's one I haven't seen actually. Yeah, because it was like Polaroids and tattoos is how he like remembered his mm. life. Um, another like so a Robin Williams one, not photo related, but it's like he plays a bad guy, but it's kind of a funny bad guy. Death to Smoochie. Oh my God, Death to Smoochie! I haven't thought about that movie in forever. It's such a good movie. <laughs> and it's like I feel like like not many people know about Death to Smoochie. I don't think. No, it it's super underrated yeah you good actors because you've got robin williams um catherine keener yeah um edward norton yep yeah uh, like man just they're they're so good and just like you can totally picture that that's like really what kids shows are like like that right. sort of like dark side of like the the, the kids tv uh industry that's another like, one i gotta i gotta revisit death to smoochie yeah. oh my gosh He's Rainbow fucking Randolph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. R.I.P. Yeah. It's. It was a sad one. 
I, I don't really get affected by celebrity stuff too often, but same. His his was a his was felt a blow. Like, yeah. Plus, yeah. I lived in LA at that time, so like, there was like, you know, we miss you, Robin, like stuff all over the place, or thank you, Robin, and I was like driving down Sunset, like oh. Yeah, the the only two celebs that really like I felt bummed out about in like any any kind of emotional towards was when when Robin Williams passed and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I got yeah. Out about that one. Yeah. They're both. I mean, so young, you know, Ugh. and just yeah. like I actually saw a guy who looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman walking down the street the other day, and I started thinking about like, man, he was so good and like we're like even like Heath Ledger too you know you're just like like we're not gonna get we're missing art that they could have created you know so and the tying it in with your the Jeff Bridges uh connection here Philip Seymour Hoffman's role as Brandt in the Big Lebowski so I will tell you I I I haven't seen that movie (laughs) you okay you need to watch it I know it's because fun. everybody, when I posted about Jeff Bridges, everybody was like, the dude, you're having the dude, the dude. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so you should put that at the top of your list of movies to watch is but, uh, The Big Lebowski. It's um, it's aged super well. It's, it's fantastic. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is so fucking good in it. Yeah. He's, he's super great. And uh, Danielle says Anthony Bourdain and Gene Wilder. Those were bummers, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Like, Gene Wilder was such a staple in my childhood. Like, you know, I loved all of his movies, and right. the work he did with Richard Pryor was so good. Oh, like, my gosh, yeah. A great duo. And Anthony Bourdain, like, um, yeah. Like, that's they're, they're all really great examples of, like, check in on your friends. Because, mm-hmm. you know, even though they seem like they're probably doing well and stuff like that you know you never know because it's um it's hard like emotional like you know depression all that kind of stuff it's uh it's a hard struggle yeah especially like with somebody like robin williams you think like he's the funny guy he's he's great he's fine you know but you never you never know no and that's usually the case a lot of times it's like you know sometimes it's the most outgoing people that are having the biggest struggles and they're just sort of do they have that persona as a way to like cope and like you know they don't want people to know what's actually going on Mm -hmm. um sometimes it's scary like i mean i've experienced that myself um when i've shared um some of my personal struggles with people it's like weirded them out and it's changed right dynamic of our friendship or relationship or whatever so yeah there's still a lot of stigma around mental health unfortunately which you know hopefully one day we can we can break and and get past absolutely yeah and that's why uh, danielle's grandfather went to the same high school as gene wilder what no way yeah i mean like gene wilder was fantastic (laughs) like um his willy wonka in the chocolate factory yeah. Or sorry, his, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka was the um, Johnny Depp one. Um, the way that Gene Wilder was like 
so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, there was parts of that movie I remember as a kid I could not watch. Yeah, like the tunnel? Yeah, the t- it was a tunnel! Yes, you no. know exactly what I'm talking about. The tunnel with the chicken the getting his head cut off? Nope. Yeah, like that, that one was, that one was wild. And just the way that he could be like, you know, super kind and inviting and then snap show into yeah. kind of like psycho. Um, yeah, he, he's something else. That's another great movie. Yeah, they don't make actors quite like that anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. That was like, that was a great era for, for movies. <laughs> Chris says, rewatching the tunnel scene as an adult. Yeah. Oh my it, God. It's still. I, I think it would still freak me out. Yeah, I would be like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it, yeah. That that was a tough one. And it was supposed but to be he, like a kid's movie, right? Like He was also really great in Blazing Saddles. Um and like Mel Brooks was like Oh my god. Sick, you know, he's so good. Young Frankenstein, that one was like excellent too. Yeah. And you rewatch all these movies now. We have like a movie night and just binge. <laughs> yeah. You you got it. Um uh, it's kind of funny that um, we end up on movie tangents quite often on the chat. Um, it usually leads to Nick Cage most of the time. Um, so this is nice that, you know, we haven't uh, <laughs> gone on That's a hilarious. Voyage. Yeah, Daniel says, I love Young Frankenstein. That one was a brilliant one. And that was all written by um, Gene Wilder, mostly. Face off. That's a great Nick Cage. So Nick Cage, he had a really good career in the 90s. Like, he was, like, what was up in the 90s, you know? on fire. Yes. Yeah. And so Con Air. And, well, so, like, I would have to say Con Air and Face Off, top two Nick yeah. Cage movies. Because, like, it shows how dynamic he could be. Because, you know, in, in Con Air, he's, like, this, like, good old boy that's like yeah. fighting for what's good and he just wants to bring the bunny home and then face off he's just this like epic douchebag you know him and travolta are both really good in that they're fantastic you like oh but that whole thing is like i want to take his face yeah <laughs> and like what we like believed in the 90s we were like yeah that makes sense you can just take his face i mean john travolta's probably like 15 pounds heavier than nick cage but I believe it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't, that, that's, the, it's just your face and now you're that person. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. The, the face, <laughs> the voice, you know, Peach, he could eat a peach for hours. Now you're, you're <laughs> Caster Troy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the 90s were so good for movies, man. The 90s were wild. Like, um, fucking, and well, in the early 2000s too, like Hugh Jackman and Swordfish. The, like their version of hacking in that movie is fucking hilarious, and that was also like another really good John Travolta movie too. Mm. He had, he had some pretty good ones. I'm not yeah, a John. Tra- he was also like 80s, 90s. Like that was his prime, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was that was his prime. You know, I would also have to say um, The Rock for a Nick Cage movie <laughs> uh-huh. is pretty legit. And I just watched this, like, crazy conspiracy YouTube thing where someone was just like, The Rock is actually a James Bond movie. What? Yeah. 
And it kind of made sense because Sean Connery in The Rock ends up actually being like they, they're like he's James Bond. Like he uh... got and like the timelines and everything like match up. So like in the Bond universe, everything character that he plays in The Rock lines up with the Bond universe. And so it was just like, holy shit, did Michael Bay create like a, <laughs> like a stealthy Bond movie with Nicolas Cage in it? That's hilarious. Yeah. Another Nick Cage movie I liked. This is like a major chick flick, but Angels in the not, I almost said Angels in the Outfield, which is also a great '90s movie, but not related at all to Nick Nick Cage. Um, City of Angels. Yeah, that was a great one too. Because that was like, I mean, that movie was like set in LA, and I like. I had always dreamed of living here. So that was like, anytime I was like, like feeling like I want to be in LA, I'll just watch this movie because it's set, you know, set in there. Yeah. That was a great movie too. And Prime Connery accent. Well, I always hear like the Sean Connery accent whenever I think of like anything Sean Connery related. Yeah. The SNL um, celebrity. Oh yeah. It's like, just like your mother likes a Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Dana Hammond is fucking the king at doing the Sean Connery. So funny. Like, it's so good. Um, Photography Toast JPEG says, I want to sell my M6 thoughts. Um, you sell it to me for cheap if you want. I'll buy it. Yeah, I got like 50 bucks. Yeah. I, I'll give you a hug too. Several, you know. JP, what was the song from the City of Angels movie? Oh, it was that. Uh, crap, I can't think of it right now. Oh, let's see. Let's Google. Uh, oh, it was the Google Dolls. Yes. Uh, Iris, right? Yes. Yeah. That was like one of my high school relationship songs. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Google Dolls. Yeah, Google Dolls. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit that at all. That's a good one. It was a great one. I haven't yeah. thought in a long time. Um, it's crazy to think that like the '90s are a really long time ago. Like Jurassic Park happened 30 years ago. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. Like it's just like wow. How did I get so old? Yeah. So, question. Have yeah. you checked out or seen um, this new land camera thing that's popping up on grams oh. and stuff? I haven't. So, it looks kind of interesting. They're being really sneaky about it so far, but it looks like a Polaroid 600 back for land cameras. Who's who's putting it out? They're they're called New Land Camera, like that. Whoa. Um, their Instagram is at New Land Camera, and um, they say it's compatible with Series 100 to 400. All the Polaroid folding land cameras produced in the 60s, using Polaroid integral films, so uh, the color in black and white, I Type 600 and SX70. Whoa. Yeah. It looks like it's a 3D printed back that you clip on to... Yeah, that's what JP just said. It's not... I don't think they have a Kickstarter yet. There's really not a lot of information at all. 
but it looks pretty interesting and yeah. I would totally buy one I think I yeah. probably would too yeah because like I mean when I run out of pack film I'm going to be sad to not be able to use my 195 anymore <sighs> pack film right it's uh, such a bummer yeah it, do you have any left or I do but like I'm it's like what do I shoot it you know it's like once I shoot it then it's gone but it's not gonna do anything in my fridge either so it's like a catch-22 because yeah. I remember when I first got started started I got a cam like a camera and a friend had told me about it like you can get this film Fuji makes it you can get it it's like 10 bucks a box I was like cool so I used to like shoot it all the time you know, and then now what people pay for a box. Uh, <sighs> it's, it's insanity. Yeah, I like, like, I can't do it because I paid $10 for a box. So I'm like, no. The, the last I paid for a box was 60 bucks. And that, that was when I tapped out. I was like, yeah. And that, I only bought like one box at 60 bucks. And before that, it was like 40 bucks. And I bought a couple boxes at that. Um, but when it started getting like 80 and up, I was like, no, I, yeah. not, I can't fuck with this anymore. No. Like it's, um, but yeah, I, I thought about selling it because I could get a bunch of money for it, but then I don't know how good I would feel about that. Um, but then I also don't have it anymore to shoot. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. You just have to, we, like, whatever you do, like, if, if I, I have, like, let me see. Sorry, I'll be right back. My fridge nope. is right here. Uh, yeah. I've got one box. You have one box left? Yep. It's expired in 2017. Take pictures of your loved ones with it. You should. Yeah. I don't want to show you what I have. Just, like, keep keep it as a souvenir instead, like a dummy. You got to shoot <laughs> I know. Here, I'll, I'll show you this. Okay. Thank you. These are all my babies. Oh! Oh, my God. It's all packed from behind the 667, and there's some one instant. Um... And then a bunch of different Polaroids that I don't know if it works or not. I haven't gotten around to trying it. And How do you like the one instant? I have I have one of those as well. I haven't shot yet. The one instant is actually really cool. I like it a lot. Um, and then if you're into medium format, Bo Photo in uh, Vancouver, Canada here has this Pro 400H120 and they're selling it for like nine bucks a roll right now, Canadian. How much? Nine bucks a roll, Canadian. Wow. Yeah. So if you want some cheap medium format, um, hit up a photo. Some cheap 400 H. Yeah. I mean, I hate Fuji, but that was so cheap that I couldn't say no to it. You can. You could probably flip it. Make some money. Uh, I thought about that, but. I'll probably just use it, especially if I end up going to Texas for a while. I'll probably pack it with the, the Texas Leica and uh, there you go. Um, shoot some big old yeah. Use the 
the Texas sky and stuff. Yeah. I'm just realizing I completely lost the light that was in here. It's like getting dark on me. Yeah, and Paul says he loves the cameras on your wall. Yeah, thank you. The the one instant is interesting, but it's um it's finicky sometimes. Yeah. And it also has a very odd odor. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a strange Stinky. scent. It smells like semen. No, Merlin. <laughs> I was not. I was not expecting you to say that at all. Oh it's my been, goodness! It's been confirmed by like other people that have shot it. And <laughs> when I've shot it with model, like it was actually a model that I was shooting with. She's like, "Why does it smell like cum all of a sudden?" Oh my god! Yeah, and I was like, "Well, this is awkward." <laughs> oh man. But it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. And the expired 20 by 24 is actually really interesting because you get some, um, there's like an interesting color shift with it. It's it's a lot softer than, than you'd expect. Um, yeah, I really like shooting with it. Um, but I've only really shot it successfully um, using studio strobes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Does it need like a lot of light? Is that why? It needs a lot of light because mm. the very first shot I took with it, um, I just tried doing like wide open on the four by five and metering said I should have been fine, but it um, it wasn't enough. it came out really muddy and dark, so I've always overexposed it quite a bit using uh, at least two strobes and okay. came out really really nice. That's that good way. to know for when I actually do shoot it. Yeah, just throw lots of light at it. Because it, it it's expired, but not expired. Right. So the, the positive is, is expired. Um, but it's a brand new negative, and it's a brand new developer. Interesting. Uh, so even though it's like 50% or like 75% new, because it's an expired um, positive, a little overexposure probably doesn't hurt. Right. It worked out well for me there. And I'm kind of curious to see what the black and white looks like, if they ever end up shipping that out. Because mm. I, I did order some of it, and then I forgot that I ordered some of it. Yeah, I heard that they take a while. They do take a while, but it to, to be fair to them, it takes a while because it's completely bespoken. So, right. Like, they're making it all by hand. Right, right, right which is, is kind of wild. So it's like, you know, these people are folding each cartridge and hand loading. That's um, nuts. This. Wow. Like, so that's why it costs so much. And like, when you think about it from that perspective, the price you're paying actually isn't that terrible when you right. how much labor goes into right. making each, each shot. Um, and it's also kind of cool that like, you know, when the pack film dries up, this is an alternative to still being able to shoot land cameras. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it could be argued the same way people get pissed off about Polaroid, where it's just like, it's not the same as the old stuff. It's like, well, shut up. You can still shoot your, like, SLR 680. Or your right, exactly. Can you imagine if, if Impossible Project never happened? Well, and that, so the thing that's <laughs> wild is, 
it came really close to never happening. Yeah. Like, if they didn't secure the factory, Polaroid would no longer exist anymore. Like, it's, um, in, in, like, when you read the story about, like, what Florian had to do to secure all of that and, like, the short time frame that he had to do it, like, you know, it was very close to, like, Polaroid completely vanishing. We don't give him enough credit. He's, like, a hero in the, for, for film photography. Absolutely. Because this, yeah. this format, it didn't deserve to die. And so no. it's, it's amazing that him and all the engineers and all the people that work to recreate a Polaroid compatible film um, were successful. Like it's, it's kind of wild when you think about it because they had to literally start from scratch. Yep. And, um, I, it just, I, I, I still marvel at it every time I shoot a frame where it's just like, this still works. This is so cool. Crazy. I know it's true. Yeah, he definitely deserves a lot more credit. Um, and I think like SuperSense will do some some cool stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And this, I'm, I'm curious to follow this new land camera thing and see where they end up because um, it would be cool to have an easier option to shoot integral film in, um, in a land camera. Yeah. Without having to like send it off somewhere and have them completely like rip it apart and right do all that stuff because like i thought about doing that with my 195 but i still have enough pack film that it still has a life left to it yeah so yeah and paul is asking about type 55 um new 55 is doing pretty good with um their version of the type 55 um and they're also they've brought back um some ready load type stuff as well too to shoot regular four by five sheets which is really cool so wow. if you have checking out the new 55 uh stuff it's definitely worth uh worth checking out is it expensive i don't think it's terribly expensive um where is it here uh famous format Let's see. It's seventy-five bucks for a pack, and there is five shots in each mm. pack. So yeah. it, it's like it's up there, but still, yeah. that's not awful when when you think about it. Yeah, and if if you're, hopefully you're like creating something with meaning, you know. Like, obviously, you're going to spend that money and, like, it's it's for a reason, you know? Yeah. Or you just want to burn out money. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. No big deal. And then their, their um, sheet film, the ready load stuff, is um, if you went with T-Max, it's 40 bucks for five. Um, five shots of T-Max in a ready load pack. Hmm. So that's not terrible. Yeah. And Portra would be the same price, but it looks like they're sold out of Portra. Looks like their colors sell out a lot faster than the other things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool that there's a lot of companies that um, 
are still making making these things for our old cameras out there. Definitely. Yeah. We're so lucky. <laughs> yeah, we really are. Yeah. And they they also have the uh, four by five film holders. Um, they're certified, so they cost a lot. But you could probably also like head down to like a Goodwill or something and find find some for a lot cheaper. Yeah, hopefully, you get lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky, I've noticed it's been getting harder to find good deals. People, I almost just... I don't like even really bother anymore with thrifting unless it's like I'm somewhere new, you know, where I'm like, let me just see. Yeah. But it's like I think the days are over. Yeah, I think you're right. It's um, <clears throat> there's there's so many people that are just doing it as like a, a daily thing and like mm -hmm. scooping up all the stuff all the time and. And um, I just I also think it's like. Like the time period, you know, like people were getting rid of film cameras and now people are like getting rid of their first gen, second gen, like point and shoot digital cameras. Yeah. So you'll find more of more so that kind of stuff at least when I go versus like like a Yashica T4 or something crazy. I've been trying to find, just for shits and giggles, um, a Canon PowerShot A75. At a thrift store? Yeah. Because mm. that was like my first digital camera that I ever had. And uh, I think I pawned it in like 2000 something. I wonder what mine was. It must have been something similar. What year was that? Oh, fuck. That was like 2002 or three. Yeah. I feel like my first point, she was like 2006, seven. I had like a little Canon, little thin. <clears throat> the Canons were the shit. I had a yeah. power with, shot or whatever they were called. Yeah. The power shots. Yeah. I had a Kodak that was just a piece of shit. <laughs> um, it was really terrible. It was just so awful. Um, complete potato quality. Oh, bummer. Um, the Canon was dope. And then I jumped. How many megapixels was that? Do you remember? The, oh, the A75, I think it was like three or four megapixels. Yeah. Where is it? A75. Let's see what the Google says. It was. Back. Can you like just see better? Fire. It was powered by four double A's and it was a 3.2 megapixel. Ooh. Um, Watch out. How much you spend on it? Probably like 400 bucks. Yeah, about that. Yeah, it was like 400 <laughs> bucks. Um, and then I upgraded after that to the D70 and that was like night and day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I missed that D70. It was good. My first digital SLR was the Canon 10D. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I have to ask it because it's photography chat. What's your favorite film camera? Hmm. I would probably say my Yashica T4, even though I haven't shot it in a while. This was like my my homeboy, homegirl. <laughs> Um, this is what I like when I first moved to LA, this was like what I came with. 
And so I captured like a lot of my first memories in California on this camera. And I've had it repaired a bunch of times because I don't want it to die. But this you is can actually get them repaired? I thought. Yeah. Were... So I had, them? some people will repair them. Um, I actually had two and basically they Frankensteined, they took parts out of the other one to put into here to make it like fully functional. So this is my last, like, she's alive. Hopefully she stays alive for a while. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I also love my M4. I have a like M4 that I really love. I saw your Instagram post. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been really like into um, like SLRs. Like my, I have a Canon Elon 7NE, which nice. was like, that was like my, my first camera that got me back into shooting film. Because a friend of mine was like, you gotta, you gotta start shooting film again. And I was like, film, what are you talking about? He's like, get this camera. It's like a hundred bucks. I was like, okay. He's like, you, you, you can use your Canon glass already on it. So you don't have to buy any lenses. I was like, all right, fine. And then I shot one roll through that and was like, okay, game over. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite stock? Um, I really love Kodak film. But Lumography film is really good, too. Like, Kodak and Lumography are, like, what I shoot mostly. But, like, Kodak Gold has really been, like, killing it lately. That's what I've been really into lately. But other than that, the Portra. Portra's probably, I know it's, like, basic, but. <laughs> I mean, like, Portra, it's nice because you can abuse the hell out of it. Right. And it will always give you good results. Right. Like, it's pretty hard to fuck up with portraits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've I've learned the hard way that other films are not as forgiving. Right. As most Kodak products. Like, right. Yeah. I I also have a lot of love for Kodak, and uh, if you ever get a chance, um, you got to check out the factory. Like, yes, it's like a dream, like on the on like actual bucket lists, like that's on the list of things to do. Yeah, you go to Rochester. Up, yeah, hit up Matt and just be like, let me know when you're doing the next intake and. Yeah, yeah. let me come. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, uh, Stephanie also agrees. Kodak Gold is the shit. Another film I wish came in other formats. Same. Yeah, that would. It would be nice if they had it. I I wonder why they don't, why they don't do that. Yeah, I'm sure there's some manufacturing reason why they can't do it. Well, I mean, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be hard for them to, uh, to do it because they would just have to like, take the master role, for gold or, uh, max, and just run it through right. the powder for like, four by five or one twenty. What the heck? Come on. Give yeah. the people what they want, you know? Come on, Alaris. <laughs> Come on, Alaris. <laughs> Get it together, yo. Seriously. I, I'm waiting, though, for the Sinistil boys to uh, bring back the 4x5. Yeah. <clears throat> That'd yeah, be now cool. that I'm into 4x5, I would love to try that. Yeah, it's it's... I've seen a few shots that people 
um, have done on it because they sent out a bunch of it to people when they did a run a couple years back, I think. Um, and they look so good. Mm. I bought some of the medium format double X that I'm excited to try it. Sometime. Yeah. I haven't had something that I felt compelled to shoot with. Yeah. I love, I love that. Black, their black and white film. So yeah, good. It's, it's such a good film like that. that so good. X is, is a gorgeous, gorgeous stock. So I, I've seen a couple of sample photos that people have done of the medium format stuff. Mm -hmm. It looks so amazing. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. But yeah. I appreciate you spending some time with me. Yes, Marilyn, this is awesome. Sorry, I'm like, I'm like lost. The, I don't know. It got dark in here. I feel like I'm like. No, it's, it's no problem. It's um, getting pretty late here too. <laughs> um, kind of running out of steam from the shot. Oh yeah, you should rest and drink water. But yeah, this was honestly an honor. This was so fun. This is, this is the best. It was great to have you on. Yeah. It's it's been nice chatting with you. You and, too. You know, it was great having everyone um, jumping in the chat. And yeah. Um, thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in for another episode. Um, next week, I'm going to have Allie Bartlett uh, joining me. Uh, she's uh, one of the co-curators at Northern Film Collective. Uh, cool. Which is a group that I'm part of here in Canada. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so Northern Film Collective was founded by uh, Becca Shoots Film. And uh, she wanted to create something that uh, amplified Canadian film photographers because um, there wasn't really anything that existed to, to do that. Um, so Allie's part of the curating team with, with Becca and I, and uh, she's a great film photographer here in British Columbia where I'm living now. And, and awesome. Great. I'll out. tune in. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much again for, of course. for that. And, uh, you know, have a good, um holiday weekend coming up because it's um you guys have yeah. your our like, independence day yes you, you have your guys uh yeah yeah big birthday celebration coming yep. up. <laughs> appreciate that well again marlon this was this is great it's so good to see you again yeah hopefully get to see you in, in real life sooner than later. yes the next idea or the next policon something like that i'm sure yeah i mean make it out to policon it, it, awesome. it's the trip definitely and Denton is, is actually a really nice place. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Totally. All right, everyone. We'll stay safe. And, uh, bye, guys. Bye. All right. Bye, Merlin. Thank you.